Hello and welcome back to the Essential B2B podcast. I'm your host, Brand Awareness Manager for Lead Forensics, Joe Ducaro. Um, the following podcast is the audio taken from our webinar that we hosted uh, this week called Mastering the Art of Social Selling. Um, social selling is on the rise and with more than 50% of revenue in B2B generated by social sales, if you're not doing it, you're about to be left behind. And so to guide you through the tricky waters of social selling, where we have a great panel. Uh, it was Tom Alamo from Gong, Tyler Witt from Lead Forensics, Will Holden from Vidu, and Chris Van Prague from Vidyard. The guys are all fantastic speakers, and I really think you're going to get a lot out of this podcast. Don't forget, if you want more from Essential B2B Podcast, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. So enjoy this podcast. Hello there, welcome to this uh, Lead Forensics webinar. My name is Joe Ducaro. Uh, I'm the Brand Awareness Manager for Lead Forensics. This is my second week in the job. Uh, thank you for joining us for this uh, Mastering Mastering the Art of Social Selling webinar. We've got a fantastic panel here today. We are joined by William Holden, who is the co-founder of Vidu. Give us a wave, Will. Uh, we have Tyler Witt, who is the Senior Sales Manager at Lead Forensics. Give us a wave, Tyler. Tom Alamo is the Growth Account Executive at Gong. Tom, another wave. Oh, gang uh, and Chris Van Prime is Content Creator at Vidyard. And if his LinkedIn is to be believed, he was last seen with Morgan Freeman in Shawshank Prison. Um, throughout this webinar, we are going to be using the, the question function to take questions from you, the audience. However, with as many speakers as there are in today's webinar, I'm not sure we'll have time. If we do have time at the end, we will go for it. So please do pop your questions in at the end. Um, so I think let's get started, shall we? So I was always told whenever you're discussing any given topic, your first action is always define your terms. So, guys, I'm going to ask you generally, uh, could you please define what is social selling to you? And I think we'll start Tyler. Uh, I'll keep mine short. I mean, it's just the old school networking only on a newer platform. So for me, it's just about expanding my network as broad as possible using the different platforms that are out there in order to, uh, you know, increase my reach, not just as, you know, in the selling, uh, strictly speaking selling, but like just in my networking, um, all in because it just improves all facets of kind of my business, um, life. Thank you very much. For that. Tom, what does social selling mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Tyler nailed it, but I think it's just it's another vehicle uh, in your arsenal to grow as as a salesperson or as a sales leader. So uh, on top of email, phone call, in-person networking, so on and so forth. Social media is just a, another new amazing platform to connect with people, grow your network, do direct sales, prospect, all the things that someone needs to do to be a successful salesperson. Uh, Chris, Will, any disagreements, any agreements? The only thing I would add is, I said the social part, right, is, is the big part of this. Like, the, I think people can get lost in the selling bit and get too focused on the selling part. The social piece is the really important part. So the filter that I tend to look at is if you use LinkedIn as a platform to social sell on, imagine LinkedIn, you can think of LinkedIn as a networking event or you can think of it as like a networking dinner. So if you're at a dinner, you're not pitching, you're, you're adding value, you're talking, you're understanding people. If you're at a networking event, you're probably pitching more. 
So the social selling part is, in my view, is more that kind of networking dinner. It's more about making connections with real people. And then the selling bit comes after as opposed to the pitching part and hoping to get sales off the pitch part. So that's my filter when I think about the difference. Yeah, I'd, I'd say for me, perspective on it as a founder as well, it's really about building um, brand and personal, well, personal brand and then advocacy. Uh, who I am, what we do, right? And ideally, social as this medium is just another way to amplify the impact of everything else you're doing, right? So looking at it through a sales lens, if you're out there calling and sending videos and emails, et cetera, having a presence on social, that's where your audiences, your, your customers, your peers, um, having a presence there and, and contributing to that, that brand and building that advocacy can have a real a really big impact on everything else you do thereafter. So it's this always on thing that needs to be maintained. And Chris mentions community and nurturing and adding value. It's, it's incredibly key. And ideally, if you're not using it to convert, which we're not all doing that, it's, it's amplifying the impact when you do, you know. And just tying to the, the idea of personal brand that um, Chris and we both mentioned there, um, how important is authenticity? Because that seems to be the currency on social media, that if you aren't being authentic, people do tend to be able to, to wheedle that out of you. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah. Entirely. I've experimented with all sorts of different things on, on LinkedIn. And I, I wasn't an avid LinkedIn when I worked at Intercom. You know, we can talk about that later today, but I was involved in a number of things. And to me, in many ways, it was kind of a distraction at one point. Um, I think now that I'm doing my own thing, I experimented with not inauthentic, but definitely more kind of cookie, cookie, uh, cookie cutter type content. Um, the big uplift I see is when I'm just human, when I'm raw, when I'm vulnerable, when I'm asking people for help and advice, when I'm trying to give it to them. It's that, yeah, like you said, that social currency that you build up and it might not pay off immediately in that moment, but people sure do remember it, you know, so as authentic as you can be for sure. Absolutely. Um, so when when was it that you all realized that social selling was then to become a key part of your strategy was there a a, a change you know, a point where you absolutely realized okay this is where we're diverting from traditional sales techniques and adopting social media tom let's go to you on that one yeah i, I remember a, an early sales leader and, and mentor of mine gave me uh jamie shanks's book uh i think it's called social selling mastery uh if i'm not uh mistaken and that was probably in 2016 and so it was a while ago and LinkedIn was really a different place back then. But I, I was sold on the concept of, yeah, social media networks are, are going to be more and more important going into the future. And so I knew at least having a presence, trying to create a brand, like trying to at least learn the technologies was important. But I think really in the last few years, you know, especially since COVID, where, you know, the major events in person were gone. That's a major way to meet new people, prospects, customers, partners, whomever. Uh, and that was gone. And I made some amazing connections on LinkedIn that people that turned out to be friends, that turned out to be mentors, that turned out to be customers, that I referred them customers, just real true partnerships that, you know, some people I've actually met in person recently and, and some I still haven't. Um, but that really has opened up my eyes in the last few years of like, man, you can create some really deep, powerful connections uh, through the Internet. And, and you know, for me, it, it's mostly on LinkedIn and it's just been an amazing platform for that. 
Okay, well, I, I think we're all pretty heavy users of LinkedIn now, right? So, um, well, you mentioned that LinkedIn, it, it used to be slightly different. And Tom, I think you mentioned something similar. What is it that's changed about LinkedIn for you? For me personally, it's just this recognition that actually all of my potential customers, current customers, peers, anybody and everybody that I would like to engage with at some point in my professional career at Vidu, they're all on LinkedIn. And a while ago, I just said, well, yeah, maybe for particular folks or industries, that's true. But maybe in the last three years, and to Tom's point, everybody is there now. Everyone is there. And I think it's you're missing an opportunity if, if you're not cognizant of that, if you're not if you're not aware of that. Right. And it doesn't mean that you go out and and, and you post all about your product and you sell. And, and I, I use it almost like a, a a diary sometimes. You know, it's it's just this this investment that I try to make. And every day, every other day. And if I don't post for three days, I start to get a bit antsy. Um, it's just this thing that I continue to go to and top up. Now, knowing that the people that I care about, like to whatever degree, you could be a prospect, you could be something else, but like stakeholders connected to me, they're all there. Um, so I think you need to balance your time investment in it, right? But it, sh it should absolutely be now a part of your strategy, whether that is selling, converting, supporting, or just, just building brand awareness and advocacy. Uh, the last three years, it just seems to have exploded in the sense of everyone is on it. Yeah, so Chris, as a, a, a video content creator then, do you find that your use of TikTok has increased at all? Because it seems like there's been a real shift in the last couple of years that TikTok was seen as this platform where it was, you know, kids dancing and that sort of thing, dance crazies going everywhere. But now it is sort of a, a very respected and viable selling tool. Which is, is that what you found or would you disagree? Yeah, I think. I think um, I think it sort of echoes the, the two the two previous questions, right? Like I think LinkedIn now there's more it's more acceptable to post more diverse content, right? I think historically years ago it was very much like job postings and maybe new rounds of funding. It was all very kind of high level business information, and I think over the years it's broken down and now people are posting more more personal stuff. There's more fun content. You're seeing you know memes and things, and it and it's definitely kind of the content has warmed a bit so i think tiktok's a big part of that and people creating tiktok content and 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 posting it on linkedin i started doing that probably about nine months to a year ago thinking like, i'm not sure how this is going to land and then over the last nine months to a year there's more of that happening not that i've influenced it but you just see that more happening it's become more acceptable to do that so i think like for, for me i don't use it as a as a place to sell on because i remain my 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 profile on there, I remain relatively platform agnostic. I just post stuff about funny stuff about sales, but I use the content to post on LinkedIn to build my personal brand. And I think it ties into that authenticity piece, right? Like I've never been the kind of, I don't know, like the sort of stuffy kind of business that you might view from many, many, many years ago. I've always tried to connect with people on a personal level. So I think when when you talk about authenticity, on your on your earlier question for me like as a salesperson the biggest battle i've got is before i've met anybody their, their impression of me is like down here because i work in sales so like naturally they're going to be here so if i can post authentic content that shows that i'm open to a laugh and i understand how you know difficult sales can be and the pressures and then that kind of gets people to go actually i feel like i know this guy i can level with this guy and that really really helps in those conversations so for me that's a real powerful driver for my social selling is yeah, getting my personality out there and TikTok's a, a good way to a good way to do that for sure. 
yeah, I think it's it's a very effective tool for that for that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, Tyler, I'm going to come to you for the next question. I think, do you measure your social selling impact and results? Um, and if so, there are so many things you could measure. Which ones are the most important to you in knowing you're spending your time correctly and in a worthwhile manner? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm one of those where I'm more post just on my own branding, right? So kind of to some of the, you know, other uh, panelists here, I mean, they're absolutely right. Like 2014, 15, like it was sell. You were on there and you could get contact information. And if you knew if your prospect was on LinkedIn, like they were forward thinking and therefore, you know, especially in the MarTech space, like they're open to a conversation and it was pitch, pitch, pitch. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Now, like you will ruin your brand by doing that like your personal brand your company whatever it is like you'll you'll just run it right through the mud if all you're doing on the platform is pitching and not like kind of you know giving um giving back to the community like that's what it's about you know i think all social media um regardless of what it is and what your area of expertise is like you have to be giving something back whether it's cooking or fitness or sales or marketing or it doesn't matter and so, you know, for me, the only thing I'm measuring, you know, is the vanity of it, which is, you know, how many people are following connections. Like I, I do measure that kind of stuff. And, you know, how am I growing my network? You know, how many, you know, month over month, year over year, like how many um, engagements that I get, like likes, reshares, comments, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and more so because I want to make sure that I'm continuing to provide content that's going to help my network. And if I and if I do that, right, you know, the old Zig Ziglar or whatever, like help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. And then from that, yeah, of course, I get introductions. I get, you know, like amazing people I've met. I get prospects from it. Um, I get introductions into prospects, those kind of things. But I, I don't measure that, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a little bit, but not really. My biggest measurability is just simply how is my network growing? You know, and, and as long as that's growing, that means that the content I'm uh, delivering is relevant. It means that my brand is moving upward. It means that I'm not, you know, pissing off my employer <laughs> by, you know, running their <laughs> reputation. Um, so I get to keep a job. So that to me is really, that is what it's all about. Um, like shares, comments that. And as long as, and I am measuring that, as long as that's going up, I, I feel like I'm doing at least an okay job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think something that we do, we we did, we have hit on is that you know this moment of change that you sort of dated between sort of 2014, 2016. What is it in buyer behaviour that changed at that juncture? Then I think we'll, we'll come to each of you with that, but let's start with Tom. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's pretty you know well documented that you know before social media and before the internet, you know, sellers had a lot of the the power, so to say, right? They, they could do the research and, and people might not be able to do that reverse research on you or your company. And so there's a lot of, you know, I think that's where a lot of the negative stipulations and uh, reputation of sales comes from. And, you know, that that power is, has flipped. You know, there's there's so many resources for a prospect or a customer to go about and do their research before they talk to you, right? And so LinkedIn, certainly one, they they're absolutely going to check out your profile. They want to make sure that you know what you're talking about, that you're trustworthy. They're going to check out your competition. There's, you know, a lot of third party resources with intent data and review sites and things like that, that they can check out how you stack up compared to your competitors and and things like that. And so I think because of that, we've been talking a lot about like 
posting content and creating your brand and things like that, which I think are, are really important. But even if you're at the, just the, let's say you're not doing any of that to at least have yourself buttoned up on your own profile. Because I know if I'm, if I were to go out and I were to spend thousands or tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars on a product or a technology, I'm absolutely going to look up the person uh, that is, is trying to sell that to me and trying to form a relationship and see if, if, you know, me and that person are on the same wavelength. If it's someone I can trust, do they know what they're talking about? Or, you know, do I not feel comfortable, you know, taking a bet with this person? So I think there's a lot more power in the customer's hands and, you know, having a, a dialed in LinkedIn profile, for example, is just one, one way in a lot of different ways that you can build trust and, and show that you, you're someone that can be a true consultant to their business. That's some great stuff there. Um, Will, same sort of question. What is it? Do you, do you think that buyer behavior has changed? Has buyer behavior changed? No, I, I think to Tom's point, that is exactly it. It's this democratization of information, but also access to other people that have that information. You know, um, you don't sell in a vacuum, right? LinkedIn is this. It's this big connected mesh. All these folks that know each other, right? You're, you're only one or two degrees of separation away from the last person that Will or Chris or whoever sold to. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's not, it's about information and, and ease of access, but it's also about, it really is about reputation. You know, it's about in every interaction you have, whether it's through a direct message or more publicly in comments or on a post, it's about just oozing that, that credibility, right? Not manufacturing it, but just trying to be humble, true and, and honest, because that's, that's increasingly a part of now, like Tom said, the, the buyer's decision making. They're going to check you out. They're going to look you up. They'll look for cues that indicate that you, you they can trust and you respect their time. But they're going to go to their peers and they will find the last person that you sold to and they will ask them and they'll do it publicly or privately. Mm -hmm. um, I think just being being aware of that's very, very important. The, the other thing I'd mention on, on that real quick is that sellers, I think, sometimes can and it's not their fault. Right. They can sometimes get that bit wrong and they can. We've all heard of the, like the dreaded pitch slap and people coming onto LinkedIn and just just self promoting and trying, trying to sell in a very overt way. And I see more often than not, like a, a lot of more junior or less tenured sellers do that. And I maybe we'll talk about this later, but I really believe that's that's the role that they were within. Those are the metrics and the measurements placed upon them. Right. If you know you have a target to hit that month, it can be very difficult as a rep to step back and say, I'm going to build my brand for four months. I'm not going to expect an immediate return. And I'm going to be very careful and deliberate with my time. And I'm going to invest in that. Um, we'll probably talk later on about it, right, Joe? But I've this kind of leads back to my intercom days. I, I'm, I'm the manager at times that said, what are you doing on LinkedIn? I said that, you know, I said that. Because I think the structures that we put in place in businesses, in teams, especially in sales, it doesn't really incentivize what we're all talking about here, which is just like, really credible, authentic, honest behavior on a social platform and that investment in, in the bigger picture. So um, I think something needs to change in terms of how we comp and report reps for this sort of stuff. Maybe instead of just having a quota, if companies really care about social, we ought to have um, a, a parallel quota that states, well, I'm not going to measure you on ops. I'm going to measure you on number of creative posts right, or authentic posts. And that forms a part of your performance review because it does roll up and it does impact the brand as a whole. So maybe we'll get into it later. I just think that there are a lot of sellers out there listening to this thinking, like, I'm going to target to me. It's not your fault. <laughs> no, go, let's, let's go through it right now then. So 
guys, your your thoughts on Will's idea then of being judged not on Ops but on a creative post. What do you think to that? Well, Ops Plus, right, as a subset of target in that forms performance review. It's not how you get paid, but it's a part of what. It, and this is if a company says that we care about social, right? We're getting into all sorts here. Yeah, the only thing, I, and I think I, I, I know where Will's coming from with that. Again, I definitely see the value, and I, I know I've met people who, you know, have said I want to create content like you, but my company won't allow it. Um, I think that when it's done best, it comes from a really genuine, honest place. Like if you want to do social selling, you want to use LinkedIn as a as a platform. You want to build a personal brand for whatever reason that might be, because you're going to carry your personal brand with you. You're not, a business to business, depending on where you go, right? So I think you need to be genuine and, and truthful. My only kind of challenge, I suppose, on on a, on a model like that is if you sort of incentivize people to do posts, the quality is potentially going to go down. It doesn't necessarily come from a, a genuine place. I don't think that's where Will's coming from, but I think that's the balance. If, if people are listening to this going, okay, cool, I'm just going to tell my team they need to post every day, then the quality isn't necessarily going to be there. So I think it needs to come from a really genuine place. And I think what I've definitely noticed, I was barely on LinkedIn at the start of 2020. Um, to be totally honest, so I can't speak about this shift in 2014, 2015. It was really interesting to hear Tyler's thoughts, you know, what he was saying about what it was like and, and pitching. It was super, super interesting. The thing that I have noticed, and the thing that you will see, and everybody will see this, is that it's just personalization is key, right? Everybody is talking about being human and being personal. And it feels like that's doubled up because everybody's been stuck at home, right? So we're finding ways to be personal. You can do that when you meet people face to face. Naturally, you're going to pitch, but you're just going to exude a, you know, that personal touch and that's you know that's what you know i'm going to pitch video but all about that kind of video outreach as a way to, to you know show who you are and deliver your personal touch whilst also delivering the business piece so i think um i think absolutely businesses should, should encourage people to, to use linkedin um but i think that it's important that it's people are keen to do it it needs to be self-driven and they need to have a passion to be able to create the content that they want to create and find a way to dovetail that with what they're also trying to achieve in their role yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'd add in there. I agree 100% with Chris. I think uh, I, I love, you know, Will's thought on it. And I, but I do, I think of a lot of junior, you know, people in the businesses and they get excited. Um, and I just think of some of the maybe not so business related stuff they may want to post about here and there that could get us in trouble. But um, I think there was a comment in there, Chris Will made it about, you know, some companies um, you know, almost prohibit some posting and they really handcuff their employees like that, that practice has to end. Like I, I do think there should be, this should be something where you promote that behavior within your, you know, it should be part of your company culture and you should even go so far as to maybe having some, you know, courses, maybe you have them join some awesome online panelist webinar like this where they learn how to social sell, but like they learn that behavior. Um, and, and I think that is important for a company because that message, A, it teaches them a skill set they're going to need because part of your job as an employer is to give people a skill set, not just that they're successful at your company, but they're successful in life. Like, you know, ultimately, like, that's, what I, that's what I want. My employees is I hope they stay here forever. They're not going to. Uh, and I want them to be successful regardless of what they're doing. And, and if I do that and externally, people, prospects, other companies, candidates that are coming in, see, I have the culture of that where people are posting, people are enjoying. Like, that's going to help me recruit the best customers and the best talent to work for me. And, and I think it actually does kind of feed into each other to ultimately get what I want a successful, happy, you know, business and customer base. Um, and, you know, we go back, like we said earlier, 
it's not selling anymore. It's social, right? You have to focus on the network and this and that. Um, and then that selling will start to, well, not the selling aspect, but the, you know, lead generation aspect of it should start kind of taking care of itself to some degree. Um, but yeah, to, I, I 100% agree with Will in the sense of like, let your employees, let the people of the business do it, teach them how to do it. And then Chris's point, there's got to be, you know, some sort of kind of like, um, training accountability around it. Otherwise it could get a little wild, um, you know, at certain, especially during certain, um, topics. <laughs> so we, we do want to have some constraints on there because some people aren't as conscious of their brand as maybe they should be or the business's brand. And that still does have to be into consideration, I suppose. Some, some extra context behind the statement, if I can. Um, oftentimes when I'm speaking with people, it's really binary, right? Either they don't do anything or it's like, we need to manufacture this. Like everyone needs to do it. And then they get hung up by, you know, three months later, the ops aren't coming from it. And that, you know, it's the way they measure and attribute success to reps. And I agree, we, we don't want to just blindly encourage people to, to post, but I can guarantee there are one or two people within your team right now that are good at this, that want to do this, but in some way feel inhibited because they can do it. And at the end of that performance review period, if they've not beaten their competition, if they've not done better than their rep, right? Well, I don't care that you're on LinkedIn. You know, you didn't hit your number. And I think that's, maybe we're all saying the same thing here. I think that's what needs to change. It's not that it becomes a formal expectation. We don't mandate that people do that, but we find ways to like really lift up and reward people that do it in an appropriate way. You know, like I, I see some of the best SDRs and salespeople out there. They do this, they do it really well, but they didn't, there are so many stories I hear where the rep has really had to fight, you know, and there's been friction and they've moved onto a pip or they've been in a period of underperformance. And then the social selling really starts to pay dividends, right? The brand really comes alive. So it's more this idea that businesses talk a lot about, we need to be on social. Everybody needs to be on social. I think we need to find better ways to encourage the right types of reps to do it. Um, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I think, you're absolutely right, because then the content that is created is more naturally, so, you know, the, the quality would be there for that, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's a skill. It, it's a skill, and yeah. it's a learned skill, and not everyone's going to be able to do it, and I think the best that can do it ought to be rewarded for it in, in a meaningful way, not just, well, if it pays off and you start smashing your numbers because of this, great. There are a lot of additional benefits to being represented on social as an individual, um, and this is more my comment about me being a manager in, in Intercom. I didn't recognize that, you know, and I, to this day, I feel we missed an opportunity there. And I think I was an inhibitor in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, but an important lesson learned, though, sure. Um, so this tells you quite a tricky question. I think, Chris, you touched on this with how you use your TikTok. Um, is it best to focus on one platform or across multiple? I think it's a sticking point for quite a lot of people. So if we go for Tom, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on what your goal is, right? Um, if you are a salesperson that is using this as a way to, to build out your network, and let's just assume that your customers are on LinkedIn in this scenario, um, because some industries, they're not, maybe there's a better place for you to be spending your time. I personally find that you want to spend as much time on that platform as possible, if that's what your your aim is. Um, if, you're, if your aim is to, you know, grow your reach more and to, you know, create a bunch of different types of content and, you know, grow your audience and things like that, then, then, you know, maybe it's, it's right to go and experiment in TikTok, in Twitter, uh, in other places, you know? Um, but I think, I think it, it all depends on what the end goal is. I think 
if I were to, to go on TikTok, for example, and stick there, I don't think that the VP of sales that who I'm trying to sell to is probably spending a lot of time there. If I create videos and then I, I post them to LinkedIn and it, you know, you make it kind of uh, accessible. I think that that's wise. It's a way that you can break out and stand out. But I think it's all about trying to keep with the, the end consumer in mind and, and what the end goal is there. So um, for a salesperson like me selling to sales leaders, uh, LinkedIn is really one of, probably one of the best ways I can be spending my time, uh, you know, on top of emails and, and cold calls and things of that sort. I think if nothing else, we can surely send this webinar to LinkedIn as an advert for, hey, LinkedIn's great. We really like it. <laughs> uh, Tyler, anything to add on that? Multiple platforms versus one? Uh, I mean, I, you know, it, it kind of to what the other points were is like you never want to force yourself to kind of do anything. Like if you're uh, – I, I primarily do stick into LinkedIn just because that's for me. I do – um, you know, from a business standpoint, for the prospects, for candidates, for growing my office, growing my team, that's kind of where that universe is. I do a little bit like through Instagram, Twitter. Um, I don't use like me personally. I just don't use Facebook uh, other than to support other people. Uh, I do go on there. But like I think like if you're good at TikTok, like and you're comfortable there. Yes, use it. Right. If you if you really like Twitter um, and you like you like the way that that platform set up, use it. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, I think it's like anything in life. If don't force yourself to do something if you're not comfortable, if you don't want to do it. But, um, yeah, I mean, understand that the more limited platforms you use, the more limited your reach is going to be. And then understanding the difference of how each platform works. Right. Like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, like they're all used differently. And so how you kind of approach the content. And so starting out, I'd say probably you'll go where it's comfortable um, because it can be tricky between different platforms to create the different content that still doesn't dilute the message or, or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, me personally, I, I do stick on one. Uh, more so for my sales and then my personal life and other things kind of go into other platforms. Uh, and that's, that's typically my approach and my advice on it. I think, um, you've got to be really careful because ultimately social networks are designed to keep you on them, right? They're designed to keep you scrolling. So if you're trying to manage and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to social sell on Twitter and TikTok and LinkedIn, you're going to lose your day to, to that. So I think like, they're all perfectly viable channels to sell on. I know some people that are really successful on, on TikTok, more in the B2C space, to be to be totally honest with you, but I know that it works in the B2B. Um, and I know that there are some amazing sales um, tools that integrate natively into Twitter. But I think you have to be really strategic if you're going to use multiple channels. And I would say multiple channels probably work best if you're looking to speak to a specific person. Like if you know, Tom, to your point, you're looking to speak to a VP of sales at one of your target accounts, you want to find them everywhere. And ultimately, you know, that, that just becomes more channels. You want to tap them up on Twitter and then eventually they're going to be like, who is this guy? They just keep like that. And then they, they can't say no. But I don't think you can kind of say I'm going to social sell everywhere because you are just going to be you're just going to be battling against too much other noise. And you're going to lose, you, you know, it's not going to be a great use of your time. So absolutely use all the channels when you know what you're doing and who you're targeting. But but ultimately, yeah, stick to stick to the one that, that works best. Excellent. Okay, so guys, just to wrap up then, there's one key takeaway that you would like everybody to remember from this webinar, from your perspective on social selling at all. What would it be? Let's go with Will first. 
please? Ooh. <laughs> Lots of them. Go so, time. Go somewhere else. Yeah. No, 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 I don't. I don't. It, it piggybacks off of what we were just talking about, right? Don't spread yourself thin. Ultimately, whatever network you choose to go deep on, you could go deep on it, right? Especially if it's your first time doing this. Don't spread yourself thin. Don't dilute your focus. Don't get distracted. And well, where do I start? Start where your audience is, where your buyers are, where your stakeholders are. Just go there. Like at Video, we're a two-person company. It's me and my co-founder. I don't have time to be everywhere all at once. I have to make a decision to be on LinkedIn, right? Shut down our Slack community the other day because I just don't have time to invest in it. And I want to do it in a meaningful way when we've got a community manager. You know, so I think there's nothing wrong with you saying no to things and really going deep on a platform like LinkedIn or whatever it's going to be. And then taking 12 months to figure it out. So, yeah, time is not against you. Take it. Go really deep. Just pick a lane and just start posting, start interacting. You can really do no wrong, provided you don't say anything you shouldn't, like Tyler said. <laughs> uh, Chris, your thoughts? One final Yeah, Yeah, very much to, to Will's point, like focus on on what you want to post and be be honest and genuine about it. I think posting is a really good place to start, right? Because I think social selling, uh, we've covered it all. Tom was talking about, you know, get your get your profile in order, all that stuff. But do create content. And I get asked all the time. I create a lot of video content. Some of it's quite heavily edited. So I've learned how to do that over a long period of time. And people will reach out to me and say, I want to make that video that you did. I've got no experience making video whatsoever, but I want to make it. And I'm like, I can teach you, but you'll spend an unreasonable amount of time learning how to do it and it's not going to be a, a benefit. So, you know, what do, what do you want to do? If you, if you've got great ideas or, or even if you haven't got great ideas, like post about that, like be engaging. If you want to start posting, write about what should you start posting about? Engage with people, look at what people are talking about types of creating content. So, you know, put yourself out there, you know, be transparent, expose yourself a bit if you don't know what to post about, but just be visible, like be there again, going back to that kind of networking dinner, you could be the person at the side with the free drink watching people networking because you've never networked before. Or you could be the person just in the middle of the room going, this is weird. I've never done this before. How does this work? And and, and talking to people uh, and people will engage you. It's, a, it's just a great place to start. So just just get out there and, and do it. Thanks very much, Chris. Tom, final takeaway. Yeah, I'd say to, to play the long game. Right. Um, you know, We've all got a, probably a lot of years left in our career. And like, like I was saying earlier, you know, LinkedIn or, or social media is just another thing on top. When you think about a personal brand, it's really just your reputation in the digital world. And so, you know, I think Will mentioned it earlier. If someone is considering buying from you, if they're considering hiring you, if they're considering partnering with you, they're going to do their due diligence. Right. And they're going to they're going to ask around for mutual connections and people that have bought from me or hired me in the past and say, you know, what, what's Tom all about? And so everything that you're doing, uh, you know, digitally adds up to what your reputation is. So what you're posting, are you pitch slapping people? Are you connecting and, and pitching them? Or are you being thoughtful? Are you asking questions? Are you trying to treat it like the dinner that uh, Chris mentioned, which I, I think is a great analogy. And so I think you just want to represent yourself well. It's not about trying to close someone the first day you connect with them. Uh, but if you treat it as a 30 year process versus a 30 minute process, I think that's when, you know, a lot of benefits start coming to you. Absolutely. Tyler, last final thought. 
Yeah, I uh, really appreciate everybody coming on here. I took a, I definitely stole some ideas from you guys, so I appreciate that. I love <laughs> all the comments saying there, and kind of you know, Chris as well, like about you know just buttoning it up, and you know, will like how people are going to search for you, right? Get your customers to engage, um, you know, make it look good, put some stuff, put some collateral in there about your business, like kind of know what your product does, you know, add that in there, engage with other people. But like for me, you know, uh, the biggest challenge is okay, where do I start? And as somebody kind of said it earlier, I don't remember if it was Will or Chris, but like, I think it's dead on where it's almost like a journaling. Like, so an easy way to start with, I think, especially LinkedIn is for posts is, you know, use it as like a gratitude journal or a debrief end of the day journal and just put some simple stuff down. And you'd be surprised. I think for most people, you'd be surprised how universal your, your accomplishments and your challenges really are. And people, uh, people relate to that almost immediately. So, you know, hey, you want a deal today? Um, post about it. Like, hey, I, I got this big deal today and here's why it meant something to me. I'm lost a deal. Hey, I lost this deal today. Here's why, right? I, I, whatever it is. And two things. One, yep, you get your posting going. But number two is it's something everybody should be doing anyway, kind of journaling. And over time, you find your voice. You know, over time, you know, you, you obviously, um, as everybody was saying is you, you get better at that practice. But to me, yeah, I mean, just get in there, clean it up, and if if all else, you know, can't think of anything, just kind of do a quick one or two sentence journal type posting, and and that's a pretty good place to start. And everybody, I think, would be surprised how universal, you know, the the human condition really is. Mm. And then once you've done one or two ideas like that, I imagine it's surprising how free flowing the ideas will then come for, for yeah. later content. Yeah. yeah. Well, gents, this has been. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, Tyler, Tom, Will, Chris, appreciate you taking some time out of your day to join us for this webinar. Um, if you'd like to join us for another webinar, we do have another one on Thursday, which is titled Digital Frustration, The Thorn in the B2B Buyer's Guide. Uh, I've been Joe DeCaro, the host of this webinar. Gents, it's been a real pleasure and uh, we'll see you all again soon.